Who gives the best pep talks? Apparently Guardiola. It is the 73rd edition of the Fancy Football Surgery Podcast. Okay, coming to you on the 17th of October. We are back once again. And I'm going to change it up this week. I'm going to start by introducing the guest. First of all, a regular on the podcast. Welcome back, Sid, from the early hours of the morning. Hi, guys. Thank you for calling me back. Great to be here. Welcome back, Sid. Yeah, welcome back, Sid. Great to, to have you on once again. How have you been faring since we last saw you? Yeah, so my team has been doing pretty okay. I'm about 60k at the moment. I used my wild card this week, uh, which was not really good. I, I got 48 points. Uh, so I'm at 483 points now. I've had pretty consistent game week ranks this time. Just the game week 2, which wasn't good. So yeah. overall, I'm happy. Uh, but I think obviously there can still be a lot of improvement. Okay, and welcoming back as well, the usual, the man editing the podcast. It is the Iceman. How are you, sir? Thank you, William. I'm very good. I didn't do too badly this week. I also used my wildcard and I got 50 points, but you kind of look at it and you think your wildcard really should be opening up with a lot more points than that. But yeah, not bad, mate. How about you? Uh, yeah, not too bad. Good to be back uh, after our, our our break last week. My team were garbage this week, uh, unfortunately. I had a yeah, I knew that. pretty much a blank across the front line, a captain fail, and no one else really to write home about. I was slightly saved by Jones coming off my bench with a seven. I've got Tom Carroll sat there, so it's been a little bit doom and gloom for me this week, unfortunately. Yeah, but you had a good uh, warm-up stag last week, so... Yes, I did. Uh, it was it was very good, and I remember nearly 40% of it, so thank you for organising that, nice man. Hashtag organised fun. <laughs> So let's have a little look at the uh, the mini league and how you've all been faring. Reading out the team, uh, well, the top 10 for our mini league this week, we've got Andre Bergstrom with Berbashov in 10th. Uh, bean flicking, Mike Litterus. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. Oh, oh. Nice. You, read, <laughs> you read that out just because I told you to re- make sure you read out every name. And I knew that one was coming. That was classic. <laughs> Oh, that's a that's a that's a good one. I uh, I do like the talk of genitals in the top ten. Lovely ice man, very strong. Right, we've got B Bob FC, Robert Watson, Lang in eighth, Bitchy Matchuai, Frederick Heiberg in seventh, Dream Team United, Daniel Shalapsky in sixth, uh, Red Devils, Daniel Kalim in fifth, The Expendables, J and B in fourth, Entropy, Abdullah Al Mamoun in third, Draper's Fantasy Team, Dean Draper in second, Alana Land. Demir Tanay in first with a very strong lead. They're doing quite well, both of those two. They've been up there top two for a they while are. now. They are. They're doing very well indeed. Great job on the mini league, though, everybody. Let's move into the game week fixtures. We start with the Friday 8 o'clock kickoff this week, so be warned. Your teams need to be in by Friday. Have your homework done. It is the absolutely mouth-watering fixture of the Draw Kings from the last weekend. West Ham... Versus Brighton. Sid, do you want to kick us off on this one? Yeah, so in terms of West Brom, uh, I think Hart is becoming a good option. Uh, they went down to 10 men because of the Carroll sending off, but I think before that they played really well. Uh, even after that, they held on till about the 80th minute when Chris Wood scored. So I think West Brom defence becomes an option. Hart is 4.4. He got a lucky assist as well. This is probably the only one 
uh, he'll have and any keeper will have this season. I thought he was going to go so on I think an assist is an option. Yeah, I thought he's going to get get another one this game. Who knows? <laughs> yeah, maybe he turns into KDB. Yeah, exactly. And uh, other than that, um, no one for me in that attack. To there's a lot of uh, mix and match, a lot of options. In terms of Brighton, I like Gross uh, as an enabler. If uh, so, I've gone for a hybrid three four three three five two where I have eight attackers rather than the one 4.5 midfielder. So, Gross is definitely an option along with, say, the likes of Chupo Moting uh, in that price bracket who can give you one return in three, which is approximately the amount I'm looking for from those sort of players at the 5.56 mil range. Yeah, some good economic choices. Iceman, what do you think about this one? Uh, yeah, I think uh, they've got Lanzini back now, West Ham. They've got Arnie back as well. Antonio's in the points. As I mentioned, Hart's on his assist run now. If they keep 11 men on the pitch, which they will do now that Carroll's suspended, they've got Hernandez to start up front now. He could be quite a good option going forward. I don't know what their fixtures are like. I haven't looked at them for a while. What are they? Yeah, so they've got Brighton, then they've got Crystal Palace, then they've got Liverpool and then Watford, all teams that you can probably score against. I'm Probably, if you're going for a punt, maybe one of these players could be an option for you. Uh, it just depends, really. They're a bit gambly. Like, I mean, Antonio at that 7.5 price is still a little bit out of range, really. I mean, around that price range, you're probably looking at the likes of uh, probably a little bit lower in Richarlison or even the likes of Zaha, who's back now. But no guarantees for me. They're not, not any confirmed places which you're kind of hoping for points every week so Brighton I've got Solly March but he's probably going to end up on my bench most of the time I'm probably going to play someone else yeah not really many from this fixture though no the only one I was going to suggest was like you mentioned Iceman Antonio I think he's a player that likes to go on a bit of a streak sometimes and thought he looked okay at the weekend so he'd be the only person I'm really encouraged about from this one i do also like uh, joe hart i had him in my team earlier in the season when uh, he wasn't keeping clean sheets so now i've dropped him he's sort of uh, coming in with a few more points although as you say you can't expect him to assist every week but um uh, so not too much to be said on this one the the first saturday fixture so the twelve thirty kickoff at stanford bridge uh, we've got an all london affair of chelsea versus Watford Iceman do you want to kick us off on this one yeah I think Richarlison's the one to have uh, maybe not for this game yet but I'm definitely looking at him for uh, the next game and going forward so if you do have him people are wondering whether to play him for this game I think that against this Chelsea team I think people should because it seems to be getting forward quite far on the heat maps so far this season, he's got three goals from 26 attempts, which is fourth out of all the players. And he's he's got three FPL assists from 11 chances created. So it just shows he's right up there in terms of attacking threats for for Watford. Uh, but if, if you're looking at Chelsea, it's uh, they've got a few injury concerns now in Moses, Morata, Kante. I mean, Hazard is back with a bang against Paris, not making any attempts on goal, so it's promising for Hazard owners like myself. Very bitter. Um, he did end the match in a false nine position, though. With uh, uh, He was flanked by um, Pedro and... Uh, what was the other guy's name? Uh, Masonda? Yeah, is he any good? I don't know if he's any good at all, to be honest. But I'm hoping for this game that he's actually going to come into his own hazard. He's a potential captain option just as a, a left-wing punt for me. I don't think I'm going to actually go through with that, but... 
I am hoping from points from him, otherwise I might have to move him on this week. Yeah, with this Chelsea team, with Kante out, I think that there is potential goals for Watford. And I think if you have got Richarlison, or you're thinking about bringing him in, I mean, I'm going to wait another week here because I'm not 100% Chelsea have definitely hit the rails yet. Um, But I think that Richarlison could be a guy to actually bring in and he could get some goals this week. Yeah, he's got some uh, some nice returns for Charleston. I think he might even be one that gets plucked from Watford next season. He's shown some good early consistency. So what about you, Sid? How are you seeing this fixture? So I have Richarlison in my team, but since I have the hybrid structure, I'm able to bench him this week uh, for his not-so-good fixture. Actually, Richarlison's uh, stats, his shots on goal, uh, his shots on target, etc. are very strong. He also has uh, a couple of penalty area actions. He's creating half a big chance every game. So, uh, one big chance every two games. Uh, he's also, his FPL involvement is also very high, close to one a game. So, uh, he's the sort of player you can just stick in and play him for the good fixtures. I think over the season, if you have him for, like, say, a 10-game period, I think he can average about four points a game, which is very good for his price. So, Richarlison, definitely, uh, after this game, 100%, I would look getting him in if I didn't have him because his price is also very friendly. Other than that, Chelsea is a bit confusing at the moment. Without Kante, I wouldn't touch their defence. Aspilicueta was an option for me on the wild card. Thankfully, I didn't go for him after his own goal. Other than that, Hazard is not an option right now. He's been talking about his game time, how he needs to manage it, etc. in some or the other way. Murata is just coming back from injury. If he plays against Roma, I don't know if he starts on the weekend. So, Chelsea are a wait and see, but I think there's a lot of potential in the coming weeks. Their fixtures get really strong from game week 12, 13. So, I think that's when I will be looking to get them in. At the moment, I'd probably wait and see. And just Richarlison for me from Watford as well. Okay, so so in your mind at the moment, it's a bit without the likes of Conte protecting that back three. We, we can't really trust that Chelsea defence. Uh, no, I think without Kante, they, uh, they'll they play uh, maybe Bakayoko and Fabregas in central midfield. I think they'll get exposed. Yeah. And I really don't think that they'll keep as many clean sheets as they would have kept. And there's not really a very cheap option. Though Zappa Costa, he's about, I think, 5.8 or 5.9. With the Moses injury, if he starts, I think I'll just look at him. But again, wait and see. Nothing for me at the moment. Yeah, that's, I, I agree with the, the Kante thing because he just does cover a lot of the pitch when he plays Kante. It's more or less like having an extra man on the pitch. And I think that is kind of affecting Chelsea in the way they play. I mean, I brought in Louise on my wild card, just hoping that they would keep some clean sheets because they did have some decent fixtures uh, in the terms of they've got Watford next. They played against Crystal Palace, which you you couldn't have foreseen that they were going to lose 2-1. And then they've got Bournemouth after this. So I was hoping on a few clean sheets from this. But after looking at that display, it is pretty doubtful without Kante that they're actually going to be any good. We did have some questions on this. We got one from... Uh, FBL Sexy is just saying, is there any depression support group for people like me of Wildcarder this week and have Aspi and an expensive defence that's earned me four points? And I do think there could be hope. I mean, like Chelsea are going to be pretty upset about the loss which they faced against Palace. And I think that maybe some sort of resurgence for this game. Conte's probably going to set them up a little bit stronger. Maybe take even Fabregas out of the team and just set up a two holding. Maybe put Louise even in the holding role. 
Um, so I can see that probably happen with Chelsea, probably shoring up the back four, because he's also saying here that he's got a double Chelsea defence because they've got a few good fixtures. Would you hang on to these defenders, Sid, if you had a Chelsea defender, or would you just be removing them straight away? So if I had my wild card left, I'd probably get rid of them. Just the two good games, and I think then they have United and Liverpool... I would not really want them for those games considering United and Liverpool are both the informed teams and Chelsea just lost to Palace. So I think if I had them and I didn't have a wild card, I'd probably keep them because I wouldn't want to waste a transfer. Plus, they have two good fixtures. Yeah, uh, I wouldn't buy them at the moment. Probably hold if I had them already. Yeah, I, th- I think I totally agree with that. But yeah, the Kante thing, we're, I mean, it's shit to see. They've only played one game. Palace might have, I don't know, taken some drugs or something for that game just to improve their play in some way. But the, yeah, they, it could have just been a one-off. So I think it's a bit of a wait and see to see if whether this Kante missing does affect them in a in a bad way. Plus, uh, one, one thing that I wanted to mention about this game was that Mariapa, he's 4.0. As an enabler, if you want to get someone in who can play at the moment, he's played, I think, the last four games and he played 62 minutes this game for some reason. So I think definitely one you can put in if you want one or two fixtures from him and if you're wildcarding and if you want that last cheap uh, defender. The other one uh, in the same category is Hunayma, oh, who yeah. plays for Duffy, Brighton. Duffy got injured, uh, yeah, Duffy got injured. So these two other guys you can put in for your cheap uh, options for those who are going to go for the wild card this week or in the coming weeks. Yeah. Right. Okay. So, uh, well, it doesn't sound like too much confidence in Chelsea at the moment. So let's move on to the next fixture, which is Huddersfield at home at the John Smith Stadium. Love that sponsor against Manchester United. The first three o'clock kick fixture. Sid, what are your thoughts on this? So, I used to be very wary of United uh, FPL assets last season. But this season, uh, I think there are two really, really good standout options. I think Phil Jones is probably the best value player you'll get all season. Seven clean sheets in eight matches. Bonus yeah. points. Always getting close to the bonus points. Even when he's missed out. When Lukaku and Mkhitaryan ran riot in those last ten minutes a few times. I think Jones is definitely one I'm regretting not getting on my wild card. Yes. Yeah, and with how Davies is looking, I think I'm going to get him in game week 12 for sure. Other than that, I think Lukaku is definitely a player you should have. An expected FPL involvement of 8.7. Expected goals 7.2. Expected assists 1.4. He's he's the highest scorer. He's the focal point. A couple of hard fixtures, but he scored against Spurs last time. He has Huddersfield this time. I think he's 60% owned and will be the captaincy option. So I would definitely be very scared if I went without him for See, this fixture. Especially after for this fixture, I, after 60% ownership, I would really be scared if I didn't own him for this game. Because the numbers really do matter at this stage. Some points can be... Uh, hundreds of thousands of ranks. So I'll be careful going without Lukaku for sure. Yeah, see, I have gone without Lukaku in my wildcard and kind of very thankful that he wasn't really involved in this last game very much. He only had the one attempt on goal. Obviously, Jose went his ways and did his tactical master class of just shutting everything out, making it honestly really boring. I, I kind of foresaw that in terms of they're playing three big teams within the next four. They played Liverpool. They've got 
Huddersfield next in this game. So obviously this is the one which I'm going to be scared of. But then they've got Spurs and Chelsea. So I can see another Jose shutout. And against the bigger teams, it doesn't look hopeful for his output with uh, the Jose setting up like he is. Yeah, I spend there very bitter about the uh, about the special ones tactics. Well, not really bitter. It's um, I'm kind of glad because I mean, with these tactics yeah. he employs, it just nullifies the United options from an FPL point of view. I mean, Mkhitaryan was the midfielder to have at the start of the season, but now he's blanked in his last three, and the fixtures yes. are getting tougher. So I, I wouldn't be choosing him at all at the moment. I mean, if you still have him, maybe keep him for this one, but I would be removing afterwards because. Just not playing a very attackive style like City do against these top teams. This is true. Yeah, I, I can actually give you first-hand experience of, uh, of Mkhitaryan as he's in my team. So, <laughs> lovely, lovely stuff. What about De Gea? Cause, because we've talked about him a few times. Seems to be a potential for a season keeper, excuse the pun. Sid, any thoughts on, on David? I was actually looking at De Gea and I think he's an excellent option being overlooked because a lot of people try to stick to the 4.5 and 4.0 rotating structure which is Fabianski and Elliot which is the popular one right now which is what I also have. But I think De Gea again like Jones 17 sheets in 8 I think an excellent option got 9 points the this game week. In game week 6 he got 8 points and he's collecting he's having a few saves to make he's getting bonus points. I think he has uh, three bonus points till now in the season. I think definitely an option if you uh, have cash to spare from elsewhere. Yeah, because Huddersfield, I think they've only scored twice in their last six. So, yeah, I think a clean sheet's definitely coming for this game. Yeah, I think, yeah, clean sheet. I would be very surprised if Huddersfield were to score. It just doesn't look likely. Yeah, just a, a, a quick one on Jones. Is, I mean, like... He may still be the guy to have, but I think Shaw and Rojo are coming back soon. So this might lead to kind of an easy rest for Jones, considering he's played every uh, Premier League game so far. I mean, uh, Bailly got a rest, so you know Jones could get a rest as well. I'm just, I'm not saying it's definitely going to happen because normally he plays Jones no matter what. Because last season I think he played him uh, 16 games straight in the Premier League. But he has done it to Bailly, so he may do it to Jones. Just be wary of that. I think I think Jones is probably the, the best defender this season. Uh, I don't see him getting rested because with him, I don't think that opponents have had a really good chance to score. So, uh, maybe in the League Cup, maybe in the Champions League, he doesn't play. Uh, in the League, I really think that Jones is going to play the maximum number of matches. But obviously, when you get uh, into December, the games come thick and fast. That I think, I think, 10 game weeks in 25 days or something, uh, which is mad. Which is where I think Jones can get rested. So I think a very deep squad, at least 14 playing uh, players should be there at all, all times so that you can easily cover if you get... Like, suppose Davies got benched, so people who had Carroll benefited because they they kept him, uh, which was a bit lucky though. And people who had, say, uh, Richarlison on the bench, etc., these guys benefited. So a deep bench, gross. Players like these, they just cost you one more million. But they can be invaluable when you have unexpected people getting benched, which will happen this season. Okay. Well, let's move on from United, lads. Let's move on to the other side of Manchester, which is City. Absolutely destroying the opposition at the at the moment. Absolute bag full of goals at the weekend. 7-2 uh, against Stoke. Tonight, FYI, obviously they're playing in the Champions League. And they have finished 2-1 against Napoli. Just of note, um, they played pretty much 
their starting lineup. All the big hitters were, were on the pitch. So whether that means there's going to be starting places at the weekend for the likes of Gundogan, Silva, uh, Torre is popping up on the bench at the moment. I'm not sure, but we've got a goal again for the brilliant Raheem Sterling, who's answering all of his critics. That will be his eighth goal of the season now. Iceman, how, how do you see this one going? We've got Man City at home in this tie. See, with Burnley, I mean, like you can see them shutting out any team with their defence, but I can't see them shutting out this City team. No. They just look awesome. Sure. Uh, I mean, like if if only you could have more than three Man City assets at the moment, that that would be the key to this game. I mean, they've got seventeen goals from their last three home matches and twenty four from their last five game weeks. So Pep's saying it's the best performance he ever saw. Uh, he's ever seen in the last game and they did look just unstoppable especially after Stokes scored those two goals anyone to choose from there really I mean Sterling is the one to have I'm glad he did come off at 70 minutes in in this game in the Champions League because I'm hoping that means he is going to start the next game I mean you're always going to be worried about this pep rotation but the options for City are you know you've got De Bruyne, Silva they're the creators then you've got Sane, Jesus and Sterling to choose from up top and whichever one you kind of uh, want to punt with really I mean like, I've gone with Sterling and Jesus and they did me well in the last game Jesus seems to be the finisher finishing off all the great moves which City have done he just seems to be in the right position goal conversion was 100% in the last game two shots two goals even Danny Murphy reckons that he could take the the golden boot uh, he's a- averaging a goal a game it's just game time with Aguero back might be affected but bear in mind that he has played every game so far albeit 60 minutes where he comes off but apart from the game against Paris where I think Pep just kind of knew that they would win so he could afford to do that just kind of rest him a lot of people saw at the start of the season that Jesus was Pep's guy and I still think Jesus is Pep's guy I still think he's going to play in most games I mean what what reasons did you go for the two I know you've got the two midfielders uh, Sid what reasons did you go for them and not Jesus so uh, the structure that I wanted for my team was again I, as I said the hybrid the flexible team where I could have a good bench pair all every week so I've gone for Silva because uh, of his game time he's always playing for City He's been getting chances. He's scored a goal. He's been getting a lot of key passes. Maximum big chances created. So, I think he's a super player to have, Silva, long term. Sterling, you can see amazing value for money. 8 million. He has 50 points, which he's played about 7 games. So, that's more, that's about 7 points a game, which is excellent value for a player who's 8 million. Yeah. So, I've just gone for the value proposition. I've gone for stones in defence, which is... One I could probably change later for if I want to get uh, Aguero in. Uh, but at the moment, I'm happy with my three options. I I fear that Hazes and Sterling won't start on the weekend because they both played today. I feel Hazes will get replaced by Aguero, which will be a straight swap. And I really feel that one of Sane and Sterling won't play and Bernardo Silva will start on the weekend. So, uh, again, Gundogan is another option, which could be which could he's pushing for a start. Yaya Toure is pushing for a start. So, this does, there will be rotation. There will be times when a 10 million, a 12 million player will not start for you. But since they're scoring so much, I think even if they get benched one once in four weeks, the, the rest of the three weeks will make it worth it. Yeah, so, just... I definitely... This is, this is the one time, I think, that rotation does not matter. 
yeah. this one this one team has sort of created a situation where you you can't rotation may not be be a factor in this sort of situation and i think stones is one player i can keep him because i think he will always almost play yeah so that, and silva has played that. almost all the premier league minutes if you see silva's minutes he's played 77 and 75 in two games and 19 all the, the in the remaining six games so silva i think is is a nail starter and i think definitely an option for the long term but sterling uh, an amazing point per game I mean, you, you look at their, their scores. They've had three double-figure scores, uh, and then a nine, two sevens, a six, and a five. Uh, so it's just they're racking up the points at the moment, and you just you need at least one or two assets. Well, yeah, I've, I've got three. I've got Stones as well. I think you should be backing their defence as well because they were keeping clean sheets before this Stoke game. And if you look at the two Stoke goals, both deflected in. So I wouldn't be worried about owning a City defender. I wouldn't be jumping off the bus on that one. Otamendi even got a couple of shots in, in the last game. So he's getting forward a bit, bit more. I've got Stones as kind of hoping because he scored two goals from the Champions League one time. Kind of hoping that yeah, he's going to get a goal sooner or later. But it seems to be Otamendi which uh, is getting more attacking stats. But either one of them two will, will do for the next up and coming games. They've still got some good fixtures in Burnley and then West Brom next. Then they've got another really easy fixture uh, at home to Arsenal. And then uh, they've got Leicester, Huddersfield and Southampton, West Ham. They're just they're in the form of their life. They've got some really good fixtures. They've got all the players to choose from. You definitely need three of them in your team. Thank you, sir. Some good advice there. Okay, chaps, let's move on to our next fixture. We have got Newcastle versus Palace. Sid, if you want to kick us off on this one. Uh, so, at Newcastle, again, this will sound absolutely ridiculous, but I think Husselu is an option. Your beloved uh, Josselu, you mean? Yeah, <laughs> Josselu. I think I've Love had him, him for, like, say, I think five weeks, and I benched him the one week where he scored the eight points. Not been great till now, but I think he has definitely has potentials. Uh, potential in in these games uh, he has a couple of nice games coming up and uh, with crystal palace at home even though crystal palace has had uh, has beaten chelsea but i still think that it'll be a high scoring game i think newcastle will score a few matt ritchie in fact is a very good option his penalty area actions are still very high uh, which is 9.4 average a game which is very high which is the second highest after shakiri Uh, one big chance in every two games getting fpl uh, good fpl involvement an fpl involvement of 0.5 so i think he's also had two shots a game an average of two shots a game which is not bad for a midfielder can, can i just so bring back think, to sorry can i just bring it back to yosley i mean like you say he's he's good and he's good to have at the moment but he's not getting any fpl returns at all he seems to just be playing well for newcastle obviously benitez is telling him to do a job and he's just doing it but the fpl returns is what we want and at the moment he's not providing them surely it's a maybe wait and see until he gets into form of actually getting some goals before you bring him in so i'll explain how i think joslu is a good option he actually has 23 points in 6 games he's played in 6 games which is 3.83 points a game if you divide it by his his uh, his price which is 5.5 that's 0.5 0.7 points uh, per million which is if you if and if you multiply that with your entire team you get 60 points a week which is the exact standard that you want to have which is which comes back to my point that you from a player who's 5.5 like gross or salu or charlson who's 6 million you want one return in three games that's them doing their job and if you're rotating them 
I think if they if if you play them, if you get two of them, if you get two returns in three games, that's an excellent return then because that's a very high perceived value. So what that essentially comes back to is that you have to have these sort of players who give you more options, and they will get. Rosalu, if he plays for Newcastle, he will get chances. He will convert some of those chances. He scored two goals till now. I don't. I don't think that's really bad if you look at it. That is what I expect from him. Two goals in six games is is actually not a bad return at all. So I don't think he's a bad option. Maybe it's a bit too risky, but I definitely back him. Uh, him and Dom- Dominic Calvert Lewin, uh, similar price, similar sort of stats, similar sort of returns also till now. So I don't think I think Newcastle is playing better than Everton. So I like Husaylu better than Calvert Lewin at the moment. Interesting. So I think it's a, it's a strong argument. Ice man, have you got anything to say back to that? Oh, just uh, if if you're not looking for many returns off of someone, you're gonna need to know which games to bench him, aren't you? I mean, like he got a goal against Liverpool at home, which kind of deflected, which you wouldn't play him in that game. And then he got a goal against West Ham. I suppose you would have played him in that game. But like you say, um, you could probably play him in rotation. Crystal Palace at home, Bournemouth at home. Probably wouldn't play him in Burnley away or Man United away. Yeah, he could work in a rotation with someone. It's just that as a front three, I would want to put a better option considering uh, I do think there are better options up front than Yoslu at the moment. And I don't really want him taking up that spot. I, I'm just looking at his next three home fixtures in there. Yeah, they're Palace strong. at home, Bournemouth at home and Watford at home. Yeah, they're strong. Yeah, so I'm just, I'm just looking at it like a five-game five, five game week block. I'm putting him in and then I'm putting in a player like Chopu Moting or which I have Richarlison and Chopu Moting. So I'm going to put one of them, whoever has the better fixture, in the other games when he's Burnley away and United away. Yeah, so I think can, these tactic, guys can take yeah. me to about game week 13 and mm. then I'll be till then I'll have like two three two three transfers to play these guys along with and then I can get someone say gross his fixtures are changing and they are becoming strong so maybe I can get him in and probably change one of the midfielders or maybe change Husselu to Dom, Dominic Calvert too and if I need the extra cash yeah. so that's how I'm looking at it from a flexibility point of view I can easily go up and down in 0.5 million and just keep on switching these guys around and try to get the maximum value per million I hope it works. I hope it works for you. I, I don't believe you think that at all, I I think you feel bitter and angry and, yeah. Uh, okay, we come off the point slightly there. What about Crystal Palace, chaps? Iceman, anything to say about them? Well, Zaha is back now, isn't he? Uh, he was back with book. a bang. Yeah, the book is out. Where's, uh, where's JNO? Uh, yeah, he's, he's got the pace up top now. I think he is an option. Benteke's out, so he looks to be the one that Woy is turning to up front. He's at 6.7, I believe. Yeah, 6.7. And uh, on the heat maps, he shows he was right up there. He got 15 penalty touches, created two chances, 11 take-ons with six successful. These are racking up the the BPS points. And he had three attempts on goal, which one he scored from. So it's, like I said earlier, it's it's him him and Richarlson who will be looking further into the season to see who progresses. I mean, like, uh, at the moment, I'm going to opt for Richarlson because Zaha is still kind of probably getting back into fitness. And uh, he did play well in the last game, though. So I can see him being a good option. Yeah. Sid? I think Zaha is an excellent option. I think at 6.7, this is the cheapest you're going to get him and you'd want to get him sooner or later. Crystal Palace are, are a really, really poor team at the moment. 
they played really well last time but we have to see more evidence before putting in 6.7 million but yeah. i think over the period over a long period of time zaha will get the points his next fixtures if you would see newcastle away west ham at home spurs away which is the bad fixture for me everton at home stoke at home brighton west brom bournemouth watford leicester so you go if you if you pick him in say game week 12 you get some amazing fixtures till game week 19 and this again brings me back to the point maybe one or two fixtures here and there you can look at benching him but though i won't won't bench a 7 million player i think you just put him in for those 7 8 fixtures and then you can probably switch him on later i think you'll get a good return if you can get say 4 points or 4.5 points average per game over those 7 8 fixtures i think you would have done a good job with your transfers yeah so nice suggestion whilst we were talking about them there actually you mentioned a couple of stoke players so we're moving on to stoke versus bournemouth said who do you like from these two i think one of the best options at the moment i think is chopu moting has shots on goal great involvement uh, very threatening is a direct player it's the sort of player that i like having in my team the guy who's the selfish guy who always wants to take shots kane lukaku these guys always want to get in on the act i think chopu moting at 5.5 is an excellent option 5.6 whatever his price is yeah. i think he has good players around him he will get the service and he has the sort of sort of knack for goals uh, though he scored two against united which i wasn't very happy about but i think overall as a as a as a short term option decent fixtures as well i think uh, you can keep him at the moment offers good value who has bournemouth at home leicester at home brighton away palace away and watford away in the next five fixtures so again one player who you can just keep and then maybe one or two fixtures you can just switch him out if you feel that you have better options around he's he's on the, also on the list for expected goals from uh, fantasy football scout they've got a list yeah yeah uh, yeah expected goals in so yeah shows he's he's ready to score on on stoke as well uh, wimmer uh, or wimmer at 4.4 came off at half time so it doesn't look great for his owners i was tempted to bring him in maybe steer away from from him as well but bournemouth stanis has is playing again billy is he yeah he came close against spurs so i'm still keeping my own eye on him i love you bro did you say i'll tell you that over sunday dinner yeah sorry it's not really that funny he's more is it? it's been yeah sorry. it's been too long yeah Uh, can I just quickly go back to uh, to Newcastle and Palace in terms of I just wanted to, to we moved list, on that I, I just wanted to list uh, Ruben Loftus Cheek could be back for the next game he's up four point five but it's whether he'll get back into that starting lineup because they played really well with Townsend and Zaha up front so it's whether Hodgson will trust him it'll be interesting to see if he gets a game also Mbemba just came back from international duty so that's why I think he was excluded from the squad. Who knows? He may back, be back in the in the team. I think we've uh, we've got to wait and see for that one. Yeah, he's, uh, he's, he, I brought him in my wild card as a cheap defender, and uh, and he um, he left off for a bit, didn't he? So that didn't work so well. Yeah. Right. Okay. So uh, I think that takes us on to Swansea versus Leicester, chaps. Ice man, you had a lot of love for Vardy in the last podcast. How did that go for you? Yeah, not great. Um yeah, he got one shot on goal in this game, I believe. I was hoping on some points, but yeah, nothing from him. That was very disappointing. Mares scored. 
he's not an option either. I suppose their they're defenders, in terms of Simpson, he's still at 4.5. If you're looking for a 4.5 option, I still think he's a good buy. They kept West Brom out for uh, the majority of the game. It was just towards the end that Chadley scored. So I would, uh, I would have some hope in uh, Simpson as a 4.5 rotation option. Sid, Sid, do you like anyone from Leicester? Yeah, I, I like uh, Shakespeare, but uh, sadly he got sacked today. <laughs> nice. Uh, other than that, uh, I think in Leicester, Wadi is an okay option, but he's, uh, he's I, I somehow don't like the guy uh, personally. He's a chav, so, that's why. Uh, yeah, he's a chav, so, and I don't like chav. So then... Um, <laughs> <laughs> so I, I don't think I'll uh, pick a Leicester player at the moment even though their fixtures are going to uh, get okay I can't think of anyone I think Swansea uh, Norton is a good option Fabianski is a good option Carroll uh, 2 point Carroll sorry 8 point uh, I don't know maybe 2 point Carroll is the is the other option but I'd probably stay away from these guys. With with Boney injured, Abraham came into his own in the last game. Uh, but bear in mind, it was against a team in decline in Huddersfield. Although he could work nicely in rotation with someone, uh, like a good midfielder who's got some good home games. Because um, they've got some pretty good fixtures coming up, Swansea, in terms of home games. So it could work, but I wouldn't necessarily bring him in just to start him every game. I think Abraham, you have to be very careful. His expected goals were 0.68 this game. And he actually stole one goal of IU. I don't know if that sort of... He's going to get that sort of break. But coming back to my point, what I, what I was saying, uh, one return in three fixtures, he's actually doing two returns in three fixtures. But he's doing it in the same game. So he's missing out on the bonus points. But I think Abraham's still a strong option if you're looking for some a flexible option in your, in your strike force. And you're... But I think midfield will option will, will midfield options will offer better value going forward. They've offered poor value till now, I think, but now is the time when they're actually step up. Sterling Silva, Richarlison, Zaha, etc. They'll all see Hazard and Sanchez are not even factors right now and still I can list so many midfielders. So you have to keep it very flexible. You get three up top, you lock down about thirty five million, you'll have nothing left in your team. So you have to be very careful with putting those three up top in terms of team structure. Okay, yeah, so I think that's more good advice to me there, Sid. The evening kickoff then, Southampton versus West Brom Iceman. What, what do you think of this one? Um, it's a massive yawn fest. Good. Southampton actually scored two goals, but Gavidini just squirmed one in and Long bought a penalty, really. So, yeah, I can't see many goals in this one. I have got Cedric for my wild card, but I do regret having him. I just wish I went Jones in the end. I did see foresee some a load of clean sheets coming up for Southampton, but it just it doesn't seem to matter who they play. It seems to let in a goal a game now. They have got three clean sheets so far this season, but bear in mind they're all against lesser teams in terms of Swansea, Huddersfield, and Crystal Palace. Their fixtures coming up next are West Brom, Brighton, and Burnley. So. I'm hoping for at least one clean sheet from that, but no, I wouldn't necessarily bring in any of these players, not from West Brom, not from uh, Southampton. Foster was out in the last game, so my hill, a cheap option, I don't think you should go for because uh, you don't know when Foster's going to come back. So yeah, no options for me. Um, Sid? Uh, I, think, uh, I, I think I'm think i in love with my team. Maybe that's why I'm tipping all my players, but I think Virgil van Dijk, I think I picked him on the wildcard spent. 0.4 more than I would have on Cedric. 
an interesting stat that I came up just I was just scanning through fantasy football scout. The maximum number of shots conceded through headers have been conceded by West Brom. So you won't associate that with the Pulis team, but that's actually happened. West Brom have conceded 26 shots on uh, uh, shots through headed uh, attempts, and Virgil Van Dijk also almost got close to scoring. He so did, I think he's one corner, player. Yeah. yeah. So I think he's one player who can definitely get a goal. And the interesting fact is that the team who's second is Southampton. <laughs> for headed goal attempts conceded for shots conceded so i think on the other hand dawson is a also a good option for people who haven't wild carded and they have him i think this is the sort of game where you can get a 15 pointer from a defender so uh, if you have the defenders i definitely keep them in both teams are are not are goal shy don't score many so in terms of attacking options redmond has a lot of penalty area actions but he's sort of a troll sort of player doesn't really score isn't really a significant uh, is not he doesn't make a relevant contribution to the game i would i would like him at his price but then again he's not been getting many points yes yeah, see, see from, let's not from, beat around from, the bush there's there's no attacking options from either team here surely yeah if you think about it maybe chardley scored this week you can look at him probably monitor him but there's there's a, there's a lack of talent more than anything i think in both attacking options yeah Right, well, that was uh, that was <laughs> riveting. Uh, okay, well, let's move on to the Sunday picks. Not you, said uh, everyone there. Um, <laughs> let's move on to Everton versus Arsenal. Where do we go with this one? Iceman, as, as a lover of Arsenal, I'm going to go to Sid first on this fixture. Sid, Everton continuing to disappoint the season. Arsenal uh, come, coming off their run with that loss against Watford. Yeah, where, where do you see this one going? Uh, I I don't see both teams going anywhere, but in terms of FPL options, uh, Everton, Pickford is uh, I think probably they would have conceded like eight goals if it wasn't for him. Good keeper, but not as an FPL option in this season. Um, I really can't. I, the Dominic uh, Dominic Calvert Lewin definitely one you have to look at in terms of options. Gets you a lot of cash to spend in midfield and defense. Good long-term option. You can keep him in and out. Nothing from Everton other than that. From Arsenal again, uh, we have to be very careful. Uh, when Alexis Sanchez is getting benched, there is something wrong. Ozil missed an absolute setter this week. Mustafi is injured. Koscielny is doubtful. The, both the teams. It's actually going to be who's going to play worse. <laughs> the, the the team who plays worse is going to lose rather than. I don't think there's a winner in this game. Will be an interesting game to watch though because both teams probably like to concede a goal, so there may be goals. But as FPL options, I can't put my finger on one player other than Dominic Calvert Lewin. So that really talks about what options we have here. Yeah, I, I think I agree with you, mate. Lacazette keeps getting withdrawn for Giroud around the 60-minute mark. He's blanked four in a row now. I don't think he's an option until he starts performing. Uh, he's also only completed one 90 minutes so far. So if if I had him, I'd probably be removing Arsenal's fixtures. Don't get too kind after this one. They've got Swansea, then uh, Man City, then Spurs, and then Burnley. So yeah, not great fixtures coming up. And um, the only real good option for me for Arsenal is probably a Wobi. He seems to have started the last two with out of favour Ozil at the moment. I don't know whether he's injured, benched, don't know. Sanchez, I don't think he was fit enough. I think he'll come straight back in and actually start. But whether a Wobi will play or not is is probably got a question mark. But he could be a good option if he starts this next game. Arsene Wenger might be actually playing him in that kind of Ozil role, ready for him to replace Ozil. 
you you can't bank on anything. I wouldn't actually pick anyone from Arsenal at the moment. Although it seems to be we go on a, a mini run, doing quite well for a couple of games. We did have four games of clean sheets, and then we seem to really just ruin it against Watford. I I wouldn't bring in any of Arsenal players at the moment. And that's coming from an Arsenal fan. Yeah, I have to concur with you, Iceman. Not looking, yeah, it didn't look great on the weekend. Mm. Okay, finally, we've got a big clash at four o'clock on the Sunday. Spurs take on Liverpool. Spurs tonight doing pretty well in the Champions League, which the Iceman always hates me talking about. Liverpool doing um, well. But as well. Into, uh, Liverpool doing well as well. Liverpool didn't do too badly. They only won 7-0 against Maribor. Um, if you're interested, Firmino got a couple there. Coutinho got one. Salah with a couple. And uh, blimey, Oxlade-Chamberlain got some game time, would you believe? Didn't start, but uh, his time will come, I'm sure. So bitter. Um, right, so the point being, both teams perform well in Europe. Liverpool looking very good with Coutinho in their side. Iceman, how do you see your beloved Spurs and Liverpool going this weekend? Well, Kane's Wembley blanks continue. 30.1% of managers actually captained him this game, including, I think, all three of us did as well, did we not? Yeah. Yeah, all of us. Yeah, so, yeah, he failed us. It seems to be a thing for Kane at the moment. He did score tonight against Real Madrid. Uh, although no, no, it went, no, went as an own goal, didn't it? Yeah, uh, sorry, he didn't score tonight. But I can still see him scoring. Uh, I'm not going to be removing the likes of Kane. He will blank uh, one or two. He did get some chances in this game against Bournemouth. He played last, so I, he could have scored a couple of goals. It's just the luck didn't come off from him in this game. They have got some tough fixtures coming up, though. So that's why people, a lot of people are thinking about removing them. They've got Liverpool at home next, and then they've got Man United away, then Arsenal away in their next four. So I think you've just got to be patient with him and not knee-jerk to remove him. I mean, he's been doing so well in all of September, and then he has one-off game, and everyone's like, oh, let's get rid. I, I don't think that is the, the thing to do. I just think he's going to be a season keeper for me. Yeah, I, I have to agree with that. I think um, he's far too valuable. His strike rate suggests he probably will score this weekend. Sid, what are your thoughts on this one? Um, so, Davies got benched again, uh, supposedly illness. Then again, didn't travel to Madrid. I have to be very careful because Rose is back. Rose actually started in centre of midfield. Uh, he... He played 20 minutes, the last 20 minutes against Madrid. With him back, with United away the next game week. Then they have Palace at home, which is after the Champions League match, just before the international break, which he may get benched for. And then he has Arsenal away again. So I think Ben Davis is one you have to be very careful with now. Uh, he may miss out uh, in, the, in the easy matches and then he has hard fixtures. So have to be careful. I think Ericsson uh, is one I dropped on the wild card. But he's a very, he's the most consistent player amongst these guys. I don't know if you can actually keep him in because Silva, Sterling, Salah, <laughs> Richarlison, they're all offering such excellent value that keeping Ericsson in at 9.7 million seems a bit hard right now, especially with his fixtures. It is it's hard uh, with Ericsson because he's, he's the top of the midfielders for points at the moment. He's got three in his last five. It's a, it's a strong argument to keep him. But yeah, I've done the same and removed him. And there is part of me which kind of regrets it. It's actually similarly priced. Uh, similar, people who are scoring similar points. So Sterling or Silva getting these points at an 8 million price is usually not is not 
happening every season so we're we're actually cashing in on those players and spreading the value elsewhere yeah okay. i think one i'm really worried about is kane i know you see so he has 40 points in four away games and 7 points in four home games that tells you about how woeful his form has been teams have been shutting them down at Wembley and they've been getting shut down so i generally have a concern if he blanks liverpool at home he has then united away then palace at home and then arsenal away so it's very hard to to drop him but there's definitely a case it's not it's not something i'll be doing personally uh, but if someone wants to really climb up the rankings and is likes taking risks uh, i think definitely one you can actually look at because He's 13 million at the end of the day, and Aguero is like say 11 and a half. Kane, uh, Lukaku is 11 and a half. Other players, uh, Jesus is 10.6. So these players are also offering similar points. It's just that you can captain Kane most of the times. Though when I have captained him, he's just averaged four and a half points a game. <laughs> so you have to be very careful with with what you do with him. But there is a case to drop him long term. Okay, well, that brings us to the end of the uh, the ten game week fixtures. I think it's time for Iceman to have a wee. It certainly is. Thank you very much. Right, so to sum up these uh, game week fixtures, West Ham versus Brighton, uh, we talked about Antonio, Gross, Hart and Hudemeyer from Brighton. Uh, Chelsea, Watford, Richarlison and Mariapa, no one from the Blues. Huddersfield versus United, we talked about Jones and Lukaku. City versus Burnley, on fire City, Jesus, Stone, Sterling, uh, Silver and the other Silver we think might get some game time this week. Newcastle versus Palace, we had a discussion over Hosselu, Richie and Zaha. Stoke and Bournemouth was Chupo Moteng and Stanislas. Uh, Swansea Leicester was Norton, Fabianski, Carroll, James Love Simpson. Uh, Southampton versus West Brom, we just put Ballfest for that. Uh, Everton versus Arsenal, the Iceman like the look of Iwobi. And Spurs versus Liverpool, we still think there's value in Kane. We had a discussion around Ericsson and Liverpool, but razor sharp up top at the moment. Nice. That was very quick this week, Paul. Very speedy. Yeah. Any Twitter questions? Yes, mate. We've got a few Twitter questions. Uh, one just leading on from the last game, really, from uh, Ross FPL at Ross underscore FPL. He said, time to cash in on Davis. Are you cashing in on Davis anytime soon, Sid? So, yeah, I'm giving him one or two more games. I don't have a good feeling about him. I think game week 12 is when I'll really get rid of him after Palace at home. I think I'll probably go to Jones in game week 12. I like Jones at his price. And then Daniels also has great fixtures from game week 11. Though I'm not very happy. I'm not very convinced I can keep a Bournemouth defender who's 4.8 or 4.9 million. So these are the two options I'll be looking at uh, when I want to get rid of Davies. But I think it's coming. His time probably is going to come to an end. Yeah, see, I'm I'm in the same predicament, and he's just, he's just been playing so well at the moment. I just don't think that he's going to be. I, I I don't think he should be benched. But with Rose back, if he is playing, he is a decent player, Rose. So it just leaves open to rotation. So it just means that he's just not going to become an FPO option anymore, Davis. Which is really unfortunate because he's just been doing so well for us. But I don't think it's quite time to cash in yet. I think. 
he will play this next game, maybe the game after. If he does get benched, if you make sure you've got some people on your bench which you can play in his place. And then as soon as you know that he's been benched, then that's going to be the time that you can move him out. Bully, what do you reckon? If you add him, would you remove him? Yeah, there's a lot of variety in that Spurs team that, that's kind of readily available now, isn't there? So I think um, I, I think actually I probably would look to cash in on him at this point cause just because of the, the price on him. And with Spurs fixtures coming up, so I probably would remove. Okay, fair enough. So we've got Mike uh, at Mike Jetski. He's just put in uh, Jesus and Abraham. Do we need FPL religion? <laughs> Sterling, false god. Yeah, for me, Sterling is one I would 100% have. Uh, I just can't see past him right now. I think Sterling and Silva both offer excellent value. And then the third player can be... Probably Aguero or a defender Stones or Otamendi. But Sterling for me is 100% nailed. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, I hope that answers your question there, Mike. Uh, so we've got FPL Doctor at uh, FPL Doctor. He's put in, uh, what do we do with Alonso? Not worth the 7 mil if Chelsea can't keep clean sheets. He has Jones and Norton. Might do an Alonso and Gross swap to Yedlin and Sterling for a minus four. Bully, would you do that? Uh, yeah, I, I'd say I think the, the the point ceiling on Sterling is pretty good at the moment, so I think I probably would go with that. And Sid, what would you do? I would do that 100%. Yedlin has Palace, Bournemouth and Watford at home in the next five game weeks. Has Burnley away, who also might give them a clean sheet. Uh, Alonso is terrible FPL value. The worst you can possibly find at the moment. I think, again, Gross is decent, but Sterling is such good value that uh, I would really not want to take a hit to change a defender, but in this case, it makes I think it makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I think I agree. I, I don't know if I'd do it because I'm a pretty adverse to hits at the moment, but I kind of would, if you've got Alonso, maybe have some faith. They've got some good fixtures coming up. He did almost score in the last game. He had a header, which... Uh, Almost went in. So, yeah, he could have got some attacking returns. Sometimes it is a bit of luck that you need uh, when you're going for these players. For me, I wouldn't take the minus four because there's potential for Sterling to get rotated for this game, maybe not even start. And there's not necessarily any guarantee that he will produce. Whereas at least with Alonso and Gross, you've got two starters and you've got a potential clean sheet in Alonso, and I still think he's got attacking return. So this particular question, I would actually say, no, don't do it for me. I wouldn't do it for a minus four. Maybe if you had two free transfers, I, I, I might have, but not for a minus four. Um, right, so real FTF has, has put, how nailed is Sterling? Also, time to switch uh, Jesus from Lukaku, or let it be because of his high ownership? Uh, see, would you switch um, Lukaku to Jesus, Sid? So I had the option on the wildcard and chose not to do it. Uh, simply because I think Jesus has played about 65 minutes on average. Uh, but as I said at the start of the program, I think it might be the case where game time does not matter. I wouldn't do Jesus right now. He's played 90 in the Champions League. I think he's played 90 minutes. Um, Aguero is back and fit. Could be that he totally misses out like he missed out in game week 6. So, not this week. Not definitely not this week with Lukaku 60% ownership and Huddersfield away. It would be, I think, total madness to do that. Okay. Uh, and, Bully, what's your points on uh, Lukaku? Are you thinking about moving him out? Uh, we had this discussion last week, didn't we? Yeah. Um, 
I, I'm going to keep the faith in him. I think he's he's a more mature player this season. He's in a better team. So I know he blanked at the weekend, but I, I still fancy him to, to notch over the next few weeks. So I'm going to keep the blind faith. And uh, as a as a global question, how nailed do we do we all think Sterling is? Do we think he's definitely going to start the ne- next game? So nailed. Yeah, I do. The Sterling is moments. Sterling is nailed for hundred percent. But if Pep Pep is bald, so if Pep goes berserk he might bench him you never know with the guy <laughs> but other than that like I think Sterling plays I think Sterling is probably the number one name on his team sheet right now he's okay. playing amazing like I don't like the guy at all I don't like how he how like people find it funny how he runs etc <laughs> yeah. I think it's I think at the moment he is absolutely on fire and I'm not a City fan also I don't understand why people keep on going on about Lukaku blanking He's actually only not scored in two of the 12 games that he's played this season, which is yeah. one is Leicester where he missed the penalty and the second is Liverpool where he almost scored. So the guy is always getting chances and he's actually the top scorer at the moment. While Kane has actually blanked four, I think four, uh, no, it's five times, five game weeks Kane has blanked. So I don't understand why people are concentrating, like putting so much attention on Lukaku while Kane has equally tough fixtures and is relatively more inconsistent than Lukaku. So I think that's the sort of thing that you have to think about because on Twitter and all on, on all these uh, fantasy football things, you keep on getting a lot of stuff about Lukaku while the case is very similar for both of them. Yeah, some great points there, Sid. Um, in terms of Kane, I know he's blanked in maybe five games. I think the the ceiling is probably higher for Kane at the moment than it is for Lukaku. That's what I think people are being distracted by, the fact that when he scores, he can score two, three, four goals, where with Lukaku at the moment in, the, in that United team, it seems to be either a lot more spread or he only manages to finish about one of his chances. I mean, he's not been playing well yet, Lukaku. You've got to think about that. And he's still scoring the points. I mean, like, I veered away and I've, I'm kind of glad I have at the moment, but I'm still wary that he could... He could punish me in these games coming up, even against the big teams. It's just I'm quite glad that Jose's done this, you know, nullifying all of uh, United's options by just making it really boring. So that hopefully is uh, meaning that Lukaku isn't going to get much, but he still potentially can. So there is a fear of that. So yeah, some some really good points there, Sid. Right. So and another point, oh, another <laughs> point about uh, about United being the defensive team. I think uh, if you look at the scores. City and United have both scored four goals four times this season in eight games. So while City has scored it in the last two, three games, overall they've both scored four goals and above four times in this season. But City have scored more goals than you, haven't they? Yeah, they have. But uh, then City has much more, uh, like the distribution of points is also more, right? While if United score, it's more or less likely that Lukaku will be there. That's it, yeah. Another good point. Uh, right, moving on to the next question. So we've got Mark at M Bison twenty two is just saying, based on the the talk about cities, just saying, who do you think will be the top three scoring Man City attackers at the end of the season? So I'm just going to give you, um, <laughs> I'm just going to come direct to you, Bully, on this one, and then if you can give your three and then we'll come back to this pod at the end of the season and see who's right so Pete who do you think is going to be Man City's three top scoring attackers come the end of the season um, Jesus Sterling and KDB oh okay and Sid 
so i just took out my crystal ball uh and the crystal ball uh, had so i i'm not going to say who's going to be the top scorer but i think in terms of value per million i think sterling definitely is going to be there he's going to be number 1 i think stones or otamendi one of them is going to be number 2 in terms of value per million which is what is more important rather than total points and i think uh, david silva is going to be number 3 i don't think aguero and hazes for their price will produce those many points Okay, so what are your top three at the end of the season as well? You've just given your points for value, three players, but what are your top three? Who do you think are going to end up I with the most? I think Sterling, FPL? Silva, and okay, in most in terms of most FPL points, I think it'll be Hazes, Sterling, and Aguero who will be the top three point scorers in total points. Yeah, I was going to go for that. Okay, uh, so we've got last question here from Justin Die. Hi, Justin. He's just going. Is Vardy worth having? Is he a justified pick with his cost, or is it wasted funds with not enough value returns? Bully, what are you saying for Vardy? You love Vardy. I do. Yeah, good alternative, good differential. Shakespeare's yeah, just I like a bit of Vardy. Does that affect him? I think Vardy loves the club. It doesn't matter about the manager. So no, I still think as a differential, Vardy, he's always going to play and be their main man, isn't he? So okay, Sid. Uh, for me, I don't think so. I think there's uh, more value either going lower to the five five and a half million, or going top premium and then hoping that Murata, Aguero, Lukaku, Kane, whoever you pick is going to score and is going to go on a run and be a good captaincy option. For me, uh, no manager, eight point five million, missed a penalty, not scored in the last game. I don't understand where the where the trick is, where the catch is in this. I'd probably wait to see the new manager, see how Vardy gets along, who's who's going to play with him. So a lot of variables. I don't like uncertainty, don't like taking risks. So I don't think Vardy is for me. Okay, fair enough. I do have Vardy. I've gone for him based on him being uh, the vocal point for Leicester and the fact that all their goals seems to come through him. He's on penalties as well. Just, you know, with the one attempt in the last and blanking, he's still got potential to have high-scoring games, but I don't know. I am looking already to move him out. I've already got the proposed moves of Hazard down to Richarlison and Vardy up to Morata because as soon as Morata's back, I think a lot of people are going to be wanting him. So I think that that might be my moves next week. It will depend on that. Uh, how things go within this week okay that is uh, that is it for Twitter Bully thanks for your questions guys uh, keep them coming for next week so final question chaps we need to pick a captain for this game week um, I think I'm going to leave the armband on Harry as I don't think he's going to bank again Iceman yeah I think I'm going to leave it on Harry I was tempted by Hazard just as a, a random punt but I think I'm just going to leave it on Harry and uh, hope that he performs against Liverpool at home and said uh so i think captaincy is the real uh, is the real catching point this time uh the hard one for me uh not much i don't i don't think there's a very very clear option kane is a good option liverpool leaky kane didn't score yeah so i'm just talking about the options from a general point of view yeah uh kane definitely against liverpool is an option i don't think i will captain him sterling i would have captained him I would have gone uh, against my sort of rule book and gone for Sterling, uh, but he played today and he played 75 minutes today. I can't captain Silva. I can't captain other players like Salah. 
these are the good options i feel I, so i definitely i think i'm i have to go for lukaku kane got two against huddersfield as well huddersfield don't look very good uh, lukaku will want to score again united would want to get uh, three points on the board so for me it will be lukaku yeah if i if i had lukaku i'd 100% be captain in this game week okay well thanks for that chaps um that brings us to the end of another fancy football surgery podcast i want to thank sid for joining us in the early hours Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. Great to be back. Cheers. Brilliant to have you on again, Sid. And uh, Iceman? Yeah, thanks, Billy. Thanks, Sid. Good luck in your game weeks, guys. And if you want to find out more about the Fancy Football Surgery podcast, you can do so on www.fancyfootballsurgery.com. You can find us on Facebook by uh, typing in Fancy Football Surgery. You can subscribe to us on iTunes and also listen to us on SoundCloud. You probably are at the moment. We are on Reddit, so you can follow us on there. And please give the pod an up, up the pod if you're on there. Up the pod. On Twitter is where a lot of our activity happens, at FF underscore surgery. You can also email us, ffsurgerypodcast at yahoo.com. Uh, and you can also join the mini league, which, as you can hear, is hotting up. The code is 1173-455. Yeah, and from all of us here at the surgery, thanks uh, for listening and good luck in your game week. Yeah, welcome back. So great to, to have you on once again. How have you been faring since we last saw you? Yeah. <laughs> so you've muted yourself again, I think. <laughs> oh, that's quite a good outtake, really. Hello? Oh, you, I, I think you might have muted yourself, mate. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's getting tired. It's just it's it's getting late. He's not used to it yet. All right? Do you wanna do you wanna just call him in again, Pete, and then uh, we'll go again? Yeah. We lost you, Sid. Yeah. Sid. He's got a point. Hello. We lost you. Go again. Hello. Sid. Oh, I lost him. <laughs>